Welcome to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. On this podcast, we journey through the devastating experience of the death of a child. Grief is seldom discussed openly in our culture, and the death of a child makes people feel even more uncomfortable. We approach the topic openly and honestly, speaking to people who have lost loved ones and experts who help care for them. Whether you are a parent experiencing loss or someone who wants to support another going through this tragedy, this podcast strives to offer hope and help. Welcome to episode 54 of Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. I'm Marcy Larson, Andy's mom. Today's guest is familiar to all of my regular listeners. I've counted back, and this is actually the 10th time that Gwen has been a guest on our show. I have Gwen on so much because she knows more about grief than anyone I have ever spoken to. She helped me in my first days after the loss of Andy and continues to help me whenever I find myself having struggles. She is just a wealth of knowledge. And I was so excited when she told me that she was going to start a new business With her new business, she will be able to teach so many more people about grief and help so many people in their grief journey. I was very excited to offer to help her launch. It is funny because she told me about this venture almost a year ago, and it has taken her a long time to get everything rolling. And you'll notice even this episode was recorded almost a month ago when I was having more struggles in the month of August, just after the two-year anniversary of Andy's death and just before sending my daughter Catherine off to college. In case any of you are curious, my daughter is doing well in college and my son Peter and I even visited her for a few hours over this past weekend. After that bit of an aside, I should go back to focus on Gwen and her new system for supporting people in grief. It is called your grief guide. The website is grief-guide.com. I encourage all of you to check it out after listening to the episode. And I hope you enjoy listening to Gwen once again. Welcome back, Gwen. Thank you so much for uh, joining me today. And announcing your big surprise so let let us know so much well as some of your listeners know I've been on here a while and my whole career has been spent supporting bereaved people Mm -hmm. and one of my gifts I've been told is presenting and giving presentations and I have this heart to educate people especially bereaved people mm-hmm. so an example would be when I ran in this was a true story ran into my neighbor lady at the grocery store and she said you know my sister died and I'm so concerned about her husband and as we're standing there in the produce section I have this strong desire at that moment to teach her everything I know about grief to help her brother-in-law. Right. And, you know, I'm like, oh, and you may want to know this and you got to understand that. And 
one of the major themes I keep hearing when I teach and talk about grief is, is there any way we can access this, like make this available? So you are helping me today announce my big announcement that I have done that. Mm -hmm. And I have started a business called Your Grief Guide. And looking at it, it is, again, as we've mentioned, no one's prepared to grieve. No. no one comes to this journey with their bag packed and saying, I'm, I'm ready to do this. So as I looked at what it would um, contain, and I looked up what the word guide means, and I also looked up the word facilitate because I really facilitate the process for people. And the word guide means to show or indicate the way. And the word facilitate actually means um, one who makes a process easier. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. That's and exactly like, what that's you want to do. really what I want to do. Mm-hmm. This is not mental health counseling. It's not to replace any kind of therapy um, or counseling in no. any way, shape, or form. But it's a way to put the information out there that people can get it in the safety of their own homes yes. when they're ready. Mm-hmm. And they'll know if they listen to um, what we have on there that I highly encourage people to seek support in their area. And as you and I have talked about the value of support and those sorts of things. Um, but it's that initial mm-hmm conversation with someone who whether it's in their words or how they present to you that you really are going to survive this and here are some things that can help you along the way yes it is very hard to make that very first step I know Mm -hmm. I mean I remember walking into our first starlight support group and having that be so so difficult I mean I was able to do it really only because I talked to you on the phone ahead of time Mm -hmm. and then I met with you ahead of time Mm -hmm. and so then it was like that was the third uh, kind of my third exposure and I knew that you would be there and so it made it easier but it's very hard to do right I've certainly spoken to different people or not really spoken but like written on social media that support groups don't work for them they don't want to do that it's Mm -hmm. just too much pressure to feel the need to share um so that's why I thought the my podcast has been able to be helpful in some mm-hmm. ways to those people. But this is even better, I would say, be, just well, because it's it's more of a guide as right. to what to do it's as opposed deeper. to just listening to, you know, yeah. a couple of moms talking. Mm-hmm. But there there is it's a step deeper. So what you're talking about is when, you know, moms and dads are face to face in a support group and you hear other people saying things that you can feel and relate to, you go, oh, I'm not alone. Yes. But what we're gonna do in this, and I'll explain it, but through a five part video series, we can pull um, and dig a little bit deeper and give some tools and how to do things. And people sometimes want a little bit of a roadmap. And this is providing that roadmap for them. I think a lot of people want that, actually. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they you do. say some people, yeah. but like a lot of people mm-hmm. do. They're just reaching out like, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then coming, you know, throughout my career, um, actually from the beginning, over 33 years ago, I've always done what I consider a grief educational series, but I can only reach 10, 12, 18 people at a time. Mm -hmm. And when they come, oftentimes they repeat the class and they say it's the most helpful thing they've done in their grief. And then they say, can my sister in, you know, Minneapolis listen to this or can I make this available? Or when I hear of a death of someone that, you know, my sister may work with, um, 
it's a way to be able to say, here's something you can gift them. Yes. You can gift them someone to look at them and say, hey, here's some things that would really be helpful. So what it is in our grief guide, we've developed for the adult mourner. Um, I'm not, you know, doing kids right now, but it's for the adult mourner, a five part video um, series that they can watch on their computer. It's also um, has discussion questions. There's handouts to each one. So people can take it as far as they want. And mm-hmm. I explain in there that you can watch it yourself and then gather with some other people and talk about it. You can watch it in a group and press pause and, you know, answer the discussion questions. So, or you can just simply do it on your own as you're ready. So it kind of looks at, um, you know, the first thing is, is why is grief so difficult? Yeah. And we've talked about that on here, but for those new listeners, this is the hardest thing people have ever done. And they're looking going, why is this so difficult? Mm-hmm. And they don't look at what's my available support? Um, what other crisis do I have going on in my life right now? What, who was this person to me? And, you know, the nature of the relationship and looking at our own personalities and how we grieve. And so allowing us to dig deeper Now, I'm not the developer of all things, and I'm not the expert of all things grief, but there's a lot of wonderful people out there who have um, knowledge about grief. But what I do is I take some of these pieces of other people's work and give them knowledge for, you know, recognition, but just get to go deeper in some examples and how do we really do this? Mm -hmm. So looking at a broader aspect of grief and then some of the, um, what makes grief difficult, but then we look at the work. Yeah. There's a lot of work in grief. And mm-hmm. as you know, we've talked about, isn't it sad that we um, have to find the energy of the bereaved person to tell someone else who we are, I know. what we need. And it's really um, harder than we ever imagined. And so giving some of those, what do the experts say we need in order to heal? And then giving some tools for each one of those. Right. And permission to be able to share that with other people. I think mm-hmm. when you have it, it presented to you in that way, this is what you need. And then right. you think, okay, this is what I need. How am I going to get this? How can other people right. help me do it? You just think about it much more concretely instead of, I just don't want to be a burden, mm-hmm. which is exactly. what it ends up going through your head. I don't want to burden other people. I'm just going to kind of pull away basically. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's what happens. And then, you know, with grief, when we pull away and we're overwhelmed and it Uh hurts us physically, grief is very physical. So then we're tempted to not do the work of grief because we've pulled away, we're exhausted and we don't have the energy to do it with the knowledge of how to do it and some tools and some, you know, suggestions. It gives us a more active approach to actually doing the grief work as opposed to what um, people say, rather than passively sitting back and just thinking that grief will automatically resolve itself. Mm-hmm. You know, just, t- just give it time. time. Mm-hmm. Give it time. Yeah. But those who take a more active approach to grief and say, they are so, there are some concrete things that I can do to help myself heal, actually do um, move out of acute grief um, sooner than those who don't look at that and do some of that work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of my recent guests that I had on uh, does something kind of similar, I mm-hmm. think, with you. And that 
she said that her mother really never mourned the death of her brother. Mm-hmm. And it and was until 60 years had gone by that she really finally started mourning. So it isn't just time. Time doesn't no. take it away. No. You have to do the work. And if you do the work right away or you do the work in 60 years... You still got to do the work. Right. And there's two things about that. The rule of thumb in grief is the sooner and more intensely you grieve, the sooner you heal. So doing the work when whatever support is there is right there versus 60 years later, there's not a lot of support. But the other piece in that is you waste a lot of precious living time. Mm -hmm. in unnecessary mourning time and hanging on to things. And all of us know someone who has chosen to mourn for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. And it does affect um, their living. Now, we're always going to be flavored by this. We're never, we never get over it or magically have some end. I was going to say that. I mean, I fully expect and know that I will grieve, grieve the loss of my Mm -hmm. son forever. Mm -hmm. I will. But that doesn't mean that I will hang on to the anger and the guilt and all of those mm-hmm. negative emotions. That That's the part that I want to let go of. Right. I still am going to miss him, and I right. know that, but I just don't want to hang on to all of that. And that's what I know this this li- woman shared, mm-hmm. that her mother had still had the anger and still had the guilt after 60 years. Yeah. That's what you don't want. Right. Well, and you know, I tell people this all the time. My job is incredibly sad. Everyone I meet is in the depths of pain. But what is more sad to me is to watch someone who chooses to grieve for the rest of their life and not look at healing as an option. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a point Um, And I'm kind of jumping ahead to my last um, session and what we talk about in the video series, because we do give some long range goals for recovery and, and healing and how to look at that. But we do get to the point where we can give ourselves permission to stop actively grieving Mm -hmm. and, and to look at relief and renewal and goals for our future. And what am I going to do with me now? It's okay to do that. Um, when you're ready when you're ready once Mm -hmm. the time has been given to do the work and so what we do is we begin to heal as we have those um, you know if you want to call them little goodbyes or those pain bursts or those grief bursts as they happen but over a period of time we begin to as we're doing that work we begin to heal because Mm -hmm. we've done those rather than avoid them or push them down and not deal with them Um, so long range goals. The other piece about a long range goal for recovery is you mentioned that sometimes it's good to tell someone, Hey, I need to be patient with myself. I need to do these things. But in the long range goals, one of the things that we find is the only person who really has the work to do in that is ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, we talk about, um, a process called CPR and it's not, you know, cardiopulmonary resuscitation. It is, um, and which in that you'd need someone to administer it to mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. But in the CPR of recovery that I'm talking about, we have to administer it to ourselves. So we look at communication, participation, and relationships. And those are the key to healing when we're ready is how am I going to begin sharing with others, participating in life, and relating to the people around me. Mm-hmm. So it's so funny because there isn't, I know you are presenting a series of videos, but I'm sure 
that you'll be ready for some things and maybe not ready for other things because you don't have to do it in this stepwise right. progression. Yes. I've certainly read some books about grief and I feel like, oh gosh, I am not doing that. I cannot do right. that. And then I think, well, this isn't good. I'm, I, I haven't even gotten to this step. That means mm-hmm. I'm really bad. But then I go and I read a little further and I think, oh, but this this part I right. think I kind of got. Yeah. We don't do it in a systematic way. It's in a random fashion that we jump around. I'm, I'm glad because that's mm-hmm. the way it is. Right. Exactly. I, we don't all heal the same way and in the same order or anything. And I've known you for a couple of years and you yes. have never come to a grief educational series that I, I have done. But what you just said is even in reading, you've been able to look and say, I've done some of that. You know, we do a lot of this work subconsciously. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do do it as we face those painful moments and do the work of grief. But just having the information can be helpful. But your point to the fact that when people watch this, I tell them, you may not be ready for this fifth session. You may have to come back and revisit this. And when people take the class, oftentimes the reason they repeat it is because they weren't ready for the healing part. And when they are, they come back and say, now I want to dig into that part. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The other piece in between there, um, because we jumped right to the healing, the other part that we're able to look at is some of those obstacles in grief. And you've already mentioned them, some of them today, when you mentioned that woman who held on to anger, guilt, you know, with depression, loss of faith, um, some of those things that you don't um, think about, even crusading, getting on a crusade and being focused on doing a 5K every single year and and, um, having a movement rather than looking at our grief. Those are all kind of obstacles that Mm -hmm. can be. They're not necessarily in and of themselves. But so we kind of um, dig some of those apart, too. Yeah, I've seen that. I mean, yes. we've all seen that, um, you know, there ought to be a law kind mm-hmm. of thing. And you get on your soapbox and I'm going to change this. And that's all well and good and fine. But like for me, I could have done that, been some sort of spokesperson for distracted driving, mm-hmm. right? I could do that. That doesn't help my grief at all. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make me miss Andy any less. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, you know, maybe I could help if I educate people that they would be less likely to drive distracted, maybe, but that doesn't have to be my mission. Right. And it's not. And I have seen some people that do the mission to the point where I don't think they're actually even doing right. the grief work. Well, sometimes the mission is easier because it has a purpose. It has meetings. It has people you can talk to mm-hmm. legislation, you know, things that you can work towards where what you're doing and talking to other moms is painful. How many times you're having a great day and you get right back there. I I have had two physicians at my office, like want me to go on the anti-distracted driving thing Mm -hmm. and just do that because they feel like I need something that I should do. And it seems like that's just practical Mm -hmm. and good and would be helpful. And for me, it's just not. Right. Like, go ahead. I mean, you can, if you yeah. want to, you go right ahead. Because that's yeah. just not my, mm-hmm. that's not what I right. need to do. It's not what I feel called to do. Because mm-hmm. that's important. Yeah, it I is think important too. I what you too. personally feel called to do mm-hmm. and work on. 
Well, and when you said the word called, people have asked me um, why I'm starting my business now. It is outside my box. I would rather just, you know, keep in my little corner and meet the bereaved people that are brought right in front of me. Um, virtual computers, you know, mm-hmm. online classes. None of that is me. I went, <laughs> I'm 55 years old. I went to college long before there were even computers. This is outside my box, but I am called to do this. Mm -hmm. And I keep getting that affirmation as doors open up and people say, I've been waiting um, just to have this knowledge and how to do that. So I'm just following in that. Well, I think back to when we had our first conversation, when you first told me Mm -hmm. about this. It was a long time ago. It was. Yeah. It was, I think, on our second. Yeah. It's close to a year. Mm -hmm. It was before for or during our second interview. So that was what, September, October. And you were telling me that you were really feeling called to do this. And I said, this is great. We Mm -hmm. can kind of do this together. We can support each other because this is out of my comfort zone too. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so it's been a long time coming. It has. Mm -hmm. And, and I, truth be told, I probably stalled a little bit because of my young, you know, and I love what I do. And I will continue in the work of Starlight Ministries in the fact that I have always done their trainings and different connectedness, and I'll be involved at some level. So some people who know me locally are going to say, does that mean she's leaving Starlight? And um, I will always have a relationship with Starlight. It just may look different going forward. Because I don't know what's going to happen to this. Um, When people ask, you know, um, it's for the bereaved adult, but then the other avenue that I'm going to be able to do is pursue funeral homes, doctor's offices, churches to actually buy a coupon code to give to their bereaved people to watch these videos. Mm -hmm. So there would be a private pay price and and the pricing will be online and we'll give our website at the end. Um, And my goal with pricing was to keep it less than what one counseling session would cost out of pocket. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can, you know, and and again, not to replace counseling, but um, just to keep it in perspective that for the less than the cost of one counseling session, you can have, you know, these tools and handouts and further discussion questions. So the other piece besides, uh, you know, I mentioned the bereaved adult is to be able to have a church or a funeral home give this to someone so that they feel they have a tool in their pocket because Mm -hmm. how many times my friend is a funeral director and I saw him on a Sunday afternoon and he said to me this morning I went to a call it was a young girl it was a suicide and when I walked out I felt so empty leaving that family and I look at if he has a coupon code for your grief guide to whether the family ever utilizes it or not for him to be able to say here is a code I've already paid for it you can go on and get the information when you're ready Mm -hmm. Um, so there's other professional people that have asked me for this besides bereaved people Mm -hmm. and um, the other component that people don't know that I do is I do a lot of trainings whether it is a whole care ministry team at a church on how to be more effective and helpful, whether it's a small group of grief mentors, then I victims advocates. And I know you're going to be having a guest on who's a victim advocate. I've had the privilege to train many victim advocates throughout our entire state. 
on what to do at that moment and how to help and support families. And so part of, as my website grows, we'll have virtual or in-person trainings for some of these county units who are far away from me geographically, but we can arrange to have some kind of training for them as well on how to help bereaved people. And so you would do that just for specific groups or those videos that you make as well? Um, both. I, I would, I have um, customized trainings that I will do for groups like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. They can certainly uh, watch the videos, but those are for more for the bereaved right. person. And that's my number one. But then those who are helping the bereaved, giving them trainings or education and those sorts of things is a, another part of largely what I've done in my career. But now it just gives me an avenue and time to do that more. Mm-hmm. I th- think about through my church, they'll do grief share which is a great mm-hmm. program, but really long. I mean, yeah. it's a long commitment. Yeah, of, is it 12 or 14 weeks, something like I, that? Something like that. I, I mm-hmm. think 14, mm-hmm. um, but it's a lot of weeks and a lot to commit to, mm-hmm. especially if you are a newly bereaved person. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I feel like that's a lot. That's why right. I've always liked Starlight is Starlight is a six week commitment. Right. It's like you do it for six weeks and then you can see if I want to sign up for another six mm-hmm. weeks. So for something like a church, five a five week video right. group would be great, I think. Mm-hmm. A couple points. Um, one on behalf of Grief Share, I do believe that you can, they're all independent so you don't have to attend them in secession you, or go you to all don't, of them but it, i'm just saying when you do it as your church yes you kind of feel a little bit obligated yeah, absolutely that the you church makes go, that commitment that and, you should go every week and be with these members of your church you mm-hmm. are a hundred percent right that those videos are very independent from each other and super helpful mm-hmm. i i like the videos honestly even more than the whole group only because mm-hmm. i felt very much like my grief was so much different than everyone else in my group. Right. Because everyone else was, you know, much, much older than me. Also oh. with mm-hmm. ha- having a death of someone also much, much older than right. me. Andy. Then my knowledge also tells me that not all of the videos are related to death loss. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can be grieving other types of things. Is that correct? I've never attended it, but I've seen some of the people on the video and they're not relating to death loss. Yeah, uh, you know what? That would be hard for me mm-hmm. to address because okay. honestly, I didn't go to all yeah. fourteen. Okay, so. yeah, there are. That's what. And even reading their website, I mean, it's it's other um, losses. You mm-hmm. know, even um, you know, a loss of use of your limbs or uh, an accident or those sorts of of grief. Mine is prim- always focused on death loss. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are some different, and I'm not trying to. Um, there's a lot of people doing this. I'm doing this because I'm called and um, people have been asking me, like, is this available? This was so helpful just to get this information and then to talk to you. Mm -hmm. So that was the other thing is making that decision of how could people talk to me in the fact that I don't want to be sitting doing virtual, you know, supportive sessions all day. Um, with people, but, um, I do know that that's something that's going to become of this. So in, um, you know, I worked with a consultant to help me develop a business plan and to look at all aspects. So after someone takes the five classes or the, watches the five videos, 
there are three checkpoints that they can pay for. And they are going to cost a little bit more because of my time and the commitment that someone's making to show up for these three checkpoints. Mm -hmm. And they're a virtual meeting with me. And they are focused. And so um, what my tagline is for your grief guide is the wound, the work, and the wonder. Mm -hmm. So first session in that checkpoint is a chance for someone to share their wound with me and Mm -hmm. their story about what happened. And then the second one, looking at the work, is once they've watched the videos, um, they will have some knowledge and I'll be able to talk to them about where they are in their grief work and where some of their... Just like, what, just like what I had said, right? These are the things that I'm really doing pretty good already. Yes, right. And these are the things that I'm really, really struggling mm-hmm. with. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then the last one would be the wonder. I wonder what's next. I wonder what God's going to do with this. I wonder, you know, and just having that time to say, um, where are you in your healing and looking forward? And the... Um, three checkpoints, the requirement would be besides viewing the five videos... Um, would be that they would be at least a week apart, but no more than three months apart. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, it literally could take nine months if someone waited the whole three months in between. Um, they're not meant like every Tuesday for three weeks in a row. They're meant for some time in between sure. for that person to explore and come back. Because when I meet with people at Starlight, as you know, I'm not set up there to be a a counselor that meets with you every week, but right. I call them more like when you're going along and things just don't feel right, or you've had a bad couple of days or something happened, or you're, you know, we're faced with a, a big reminder, you've got an anniversary or birthday coming up that people just kind of want to pull in and say, I just want to talk this over. It's kind of like having, you know, someone look under the hood of your car and go, Nope, that little noise is fine. Or we'll have to. So I created these three checkpoints after someone has watched the video and we'll see how it goes. Uh, I don't know what that part is going to be. So, well, I think it would be great. I mean, I just feeling like it is far different from seeing a regular counselor. It's far different from that. I really like how it's very focused on what you need to do, what Mm -hmm. you're working on. And then even that last one of looking to the future a little Mm -hmm. because that's hard to do it is it's hard to do um but when we get there it's good to have someone process those things or even just you know I'm thinking of my own mother-in-law when I um I did these not you know formally with her but you know whether she realizes or not (laughs) informally I was doing all all of these things with her and it was the point of have you thought about volunteering? Like who, who can you share your goodness with? You are so skilled at a few things here that we can talk about. How would you consider sharing that with other people? She said, well, you know, I, I could, I could volunteer. I could, and she got involved in some things Uh and it was really good. Um, one of the things she did after my father-in-law died is she got a job for a time just to have a couple of nights a week, people contact close to her home, she needed encouragement mm-hmm. to wonder, could I possibly at 60 some get a job? You know? Yeah. It was just as simple as that. But just to be able to spend time with other people and think, yeah, mm-hmm. just to communicate. Yeah. I think that can be helpful. Yeah. And, you know, so a lot of what I do in my job is normalizing for people their reactions. Yes. And that listening piece and their chance to tell their story. But then it becomes the encouragement. Yes. 
the encouragement to heal and to move on or to figure out what am I going to do next? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is so important. I have really found over these past couple of years now that those are the people that have healed the most is if they found something, something mm-hmm. that they can do kind of with their grief, related to their grief, um, just what they feel called really, mm-hmm. really to kind of move forward. The ones that aren't doing as well, that are kind of stuck, really haven't mm-hmm. found something yeah. and it can be little it can be big it doesn't really matter but it's something right yeah. it's something it's it's moving out into the living and deciding that I'm going to live and how am I going to do that and you know you mentioned it oftentimes it has to do with their grief but I have met many people especially bereaved moms if I think about that who have even changed their careers after a child died to say, now I want to do this. So I um, worked with Mm -hmm. a nurse in hospice years ago, and I didn't realize till I was alone on a home visit with her, we were driving in the car, that her first career was being a teacher. And her daughter died, and she said, I wanted to do more. I wanted to help people in a different way, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to be with patients, and I wanted to. So she went on to do hospice. And I can think of another mom whose daughter was in critical condition for a long time, and she watched the respiratory therapist and how much she worked with her child and that connection that they had. And after her daughter died, she went and became a respiratory therapist, Mm -hmm. and that's what she does. Yeah. It's funny that death does have that effect on you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I say even back a long time ago, you know, had my mother not died of cancer, I would not be a doctor today. Oh, I wouldn't have. Okay. I would have never been exposed to it, really. I would have never thought about it. I never saw a doctor other than for my annual checkup at our, you know, local family practice mm-hmm. doc. There's no way I would have been a physician. What, do you have any idea what you were? You know, I mean, <laughs> way back, I, I guess maybe teaching. I love to read. I like mm-hmm. to do a little writing. I think it would have been more along that line. It's right. so hard to even know. Right. Because, you know, my parents got sick when I was in high school, so I was still really quite mm-hmm. young. But I I know when I applied to medical school, my personal statement was, I am looking to become a physician and go to medical school because of and in spite of the fact that my mother died. Wow. Because... It was, in spite of that fact, because it was very painful. It was painful to watch her Mm -hmm. die over Mm -hmm. many years and to watch her go through all of that. That, That's a painful thing to Mm -hmm. experience as a, you know, adolescent. But had I not experienced it at all, I never would have been exposed to it, and I wouldn't have felt drawn to it either. So even though I did something far different, right, I did pediatrics, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. really has nothing to do with you know, adults having cancer. Right. But yet I wouldn't have had that same, I just wouldn't have had yep. the exposure. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't have been an opportunity. When I meet bereaved kids who come into our program, I don't always say it to them, but if I have the opportunity or we're in that point in our relationship that, you know, someday maybe you'll grow up and you'll be a facilitator who's going to help other kids through mm-hmm. this because of your experience and that it's going to be used somehow. And you should see their faces like, 
maybe I will. And Starlight's been around long enough that some of our very first families are now facilitators and people that have come through the program and they want to go back and help. One of our employees who went on to become a social worker is someone who was helped and who experienced a death as a late teen and said, I want to, I want to do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and it just changes too. I feel like even now, after having gone through the death of Andy, I think about it entirely different again, right? Mm-hmm. So just because I experienced one death loss early on and went one direction, now it kind of makes me mm-hmm. think about other th- other things. Right. So kind of bringing this full circle when I said my job is very sad and I meet people in the depths of their pain, but I also get to see that people really do live meaningful lives and there Mm -hmm. is hope and I see healing on people and I watch it and so I rejoice in that and that's how I can do this job and loan that hope to other people because I really do know that they really don't have to stay in their depths of their pain so my goal in this is to kind of guide them through to say we're making progress just keep going this is how um, you can do this journey and so I don't just want people to mourn but to mourn well And um, that has been my goal with this the whole entire time. Well, I think too, back the two years of the, that I've known some of my good friends Mm -hmm. now from Starlight and really how far we have come. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was recently just in a little gathering with Stephanie, who's been on the show Mm -hmm. a couple of times and who you know well, and I... I was, I, it's been a really hard month for me. Mm-hmm. It's been a very yes. hard month, right? We had the two year anniversary, which was difficult. Peter is now Andy's age that he was and going through all of those things. My daughter is about ready to go off to college this week. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, August, August was really, really difficult. Um, but I turned to her and I said, but you saw me two years ago and you see how much better I am now. Mm-hmm. And she of course agreed with me and mm-hmm. I and I could say and I see you right now I saw you at one year and now, now I see you at three years and you mm-hmm. have made tremendous progress right yes so one of the other things that I really wanted to do with this is um connect people to help because even through being a guest on your podcast I get emails from people saying is there anything in my area yes So on our webpage, we will have, how can I find help in my area and kind of give some steps to try here, do this. And I also want to have a really solid resource page, which will be broken up by types of loss. So for moms, obviously, you and I have talked about working together, a link to your podcast. I mean, getting the word out that there are things out there that will help people. So I often feel like I said at the very beginning, that when I meet a bereaved person, I want to tell them everything that's available. Do you know about this? Do you know about that? No, I didn't. What's this? So this allows me to do that in an organized fashion and an easier fashion than every time I talk to people or someone emails me, I'm going through it again and again. So um, that part I'm excited about and that they'll, you know, be links in relationships with people who are also doing wonderful, amazing things for bereaved people. Mm -hmm. So when I talked about my relationship with Starlight continuing, one of the things that Starlight has in their very near future is making their curriculum available online as a downloadable version that a church or a person, you know, can purchase 
and an implementation guide and how to do that. I want to have a link to that for all of the families that visit my site. And same thing is that Starlight will have a link to what I'm doing. Um, and it's not, you know, a strategic, um, purposeful, like how we're building our brand as, you know, the new lingo out there and how we're going to market ourselves. It's truly from a place of wanting bereaved people to have all that they can possibly have mm -hmm. in their backpack before they go on this journey mm -hmm. and say, this will help you along the way. And if they never choose to look at any of that, that that's their choice. But being able to give it is something that I find um, great. Joy is not the word. I'm not joyful about meeting bereaved people, but a great sense of um, just... What, what would be the word? Not accomplishment, but just um, knowing that I'm giving someone comfort mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is a really beautiful thing because when I just watched this last week, I met with a woman whose husband died and she was going to come to our outside grief group that we're doing in the summer. So I said, you're going to get there and you're going to meet people who are walking the same walk. I'll be there waiting for you. She got there. I brought her to her group. And she looked nervous and she sat down while I was leading another group. So at the end, I walked over and she looked at me and the sigh she gave, she said, oh, you were right. It was wonderful to talk with these women. Yeah. That right there, if I could bottle that up and say that yeah. feels so good, you know, yeah. to say she got a little bit of oomph that she needed for the battle that she's facing. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I, you know, get my joy of being able to hopefully have a, a place and a website that connects bereaved people. Well, and I know you <laughs> and you do like to tell you everything, right? Yeah. You like to, you, I just want to give yes. you all of the tools yeah. and I want to give you everything, but it's really overwhelming. It is. It's like, like as a bereaved From person, a fire hose. Yes. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's like you're mm -hmm. putting it out with a... a shooting a fire hose at me and like, I can barely, yep. I'm getting really wet here, but mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, most of the water is just going right past. Yep. So I think this will be great because you'll be able to take it in a little smaller right. People portions. can pause. They right? can stop and go, wait a minute. I want to think about this and I'm ready for this. And, and they can let's do look it at, at their own I'm pace. I'm going to look at it with my husband a little bit later. Yes. And let's look at this little section. Yeah. And I, I think it will be, it'll be great. Yeah. Because people, you know, I, I get a lot of feedback from all, all the presentations I do. And I'll be really honest that a lot of it is is really rewarding and very good that people feel, you know, you're a natural speaker and the way you tell stories and I learn things. But one of the greatest critiques is the more passionate I get, the more I'm talking, want to tell them. And even I look mm -hmm. at the clock and say, we're supposed to end, but I really want to give you this last. And they're hungry for it, but they're also so overwhelmed. Like you said, it's like, it goes wait past. a minute. It goes mm -hmm. past them. Mm -hmm. So really, you know, um, as we were filming the video, um, I had to remember to slow down yeah. and just, you know, and that people are going to press pause and they're going to be able to do this in, you know, their own pace and mm -hmm. make it a little more manageable. But it really, it's weird because it does um, stir me up and it is my passion to yeah. talk about. So, um, that's the other piece that will be on the website is how people could have me come and either speak, um, in person or virtually to groups and, 
um, I've been asked to do a lot of things, um, but public speaking definitely is one that I really enjoy. So, mm-hmm. well, yeah. you do a great job at it. Well, I mean, I thank you. I always love having you on. My listeners love listening mm-hmm. to you. I feel like I get so much good feedback, and well, and I feel so privileged that you have allowed me to. Um, you know, just share today with your listeners. I mean, this is a big opportunity to get it out there. And so how they can locate me, I think we should probably do this before we end, is my website is grief-guide.com. Mm-hmm. And so then um, you can email me at Gwen, G-W-E-N, at grief-guide.com. Mm-hmm to talk to me and to look at our page and see what we have. And we're going to keep building it. You know, if you wait till everything's done, you'll never start. Right. So I had to learn that because I'm kind of um, someone who um, cleans my entire house before I study in college. Like my whole apartment had to be clean before my brain could study. I realized that I have to do um, some of this before all everything's all cleaned and organized. Mm-hmm. So we'll keep adding to the page and building to it. But for now, there is um, the five part sessions that bereaved people can hopefully find support. And so well, thank you I'm for sure allowing me to talk about your grief guide here and to do that. Oh, I'm really looking forward to it. I can't wait to see the videos myself. Mm. I think they'll be great. Uh, anyway, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. And And thank your listeners. Yes. And thank Mm -hmm. you so much for, you know, letting us help you launch this. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. Please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. We are always looking for new show ideas. If you'd like to be a guest, know someone who'd be a great guest, or have a show idea, please email us at marcy at andysmom.com. Be sure to visit the webpage, andysmom.com, for more content, including Marcy's blog. There you can also sign up to receive updates via email. Together, let's work to inspire hope, one day at a time.